The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We're glad to have you here today. It's the first day of July, guys. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's like the 4th of July VVV, just saying. It w well, yeah, it was just like Maybe a that moment. that was coming. <laughs> it's just like a moment ago. It was last week's show, and all of a sudden we're here, and it's this week's show. It seems like it's only been a few minutes. It does. It does. How the weeks you know, just fly by. Especially, uh, never mind. I was going to make an age joke at you, Dennis, but I won't this week. That's okay. I can take it. Uh, well, you guys have been teasing me about being a grandfather, and so. Uh, yeah, Grandpa. Th that is something new. I'm very grateful for that, and uh, very delighted in that. But uh, we've been talking about. Um, what is a Christian man? And so if you haven't joined us for the last three weeks as we've been talking about it, the first week, Robbie, we talked about what? Compassion. All right. A Christian man. And, and, and to get to the heart of it is, is people wonder, what in the world is a masculine journey? What's that ministry about? And quite often, you know, people have that inside that question that, you know, what's a Christian man? What is that? How does that look from a standpoint of the masculine journey? And so compassion is a big part of that, mm -hmm. you know, but compassion is very important, but so is also the next thing, Dennis, which was what? Strength, being strong as okay. a man. Yeah. And, and so why would we need strength? Well, it takes strength to be compassionate. <laughs> it can. Yeah, but the thing that drives me, you know, and I think a lot of Christian men, people take kindness for weakness. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you show compassion and you do these things and people think, well, there's a wimp. And but Jesus was anything but that, and and so there's the other side of that. Compassion is the strength, and, yeah. it, and it's important that we rely on the Holy Spirit to prompt us on which one to use. <laughs> you know, because yeah, if we do it on our own accord, that's probably not going to work out well. And Jim, last week we talked about one other thing a Christian man is, which is what? What's he do? What did we do last week? It's been so long. <laughs> Let me think about that for a second. Well, you've slept a little bit since then. <laughs> we, <laughs> I had help. It's submission, right. which is my biggest struggle. I don't know why you gave me that one. Well, it, it was God. <laughs> God prompted me to give it to you. <laughs> but it does take a lot of strength to submit, and that sounds kind of weird, but why, why would it take strength to submit to God? It really takes God's strength to be able to do any of the above. That's right. If we're not, and if we're not submitting to Him, we don't get it. So it's sort of a circular thing there. Right. It, it, it takes a lot of faith to say, "Okay, God, I know you got me. I know that uh, you got my back here, even though I can't see how this is going to work out." You know, you think about uh, Moses along the uh, river, right? He doesn't see how it's going to work out, but but God's got his back when he has faith. And so, taking that faith and submitting our will to God's will is an important part or one of the most important parts of our walk with God. But this week we're talking about, Robbie, you pick the topic. I'll let you go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, delight. Uh, do we delight in God? And in Isaiah 11, there's an amazing picture of the anointing of Jesus that happened at his baptism where they give you the seven elements of what that anointing was and the first one being wisdom and the second one being understanding and the third one being counsel 
the fourth one being knowledge. The fifth one is, excuse me, the fourth one was might, which is interesting, like like strength. The fifth one is knowledge. The sixth one is a fear of the Lord. But the seventh one is where we're going today, is a delight in the fear of the Lord. And the word delight in Hebrew the aroma in other words it, it literally is a picture of your nostrils flaring and you're getting this mm, and and those of us who love boot camp <laughs> and know that that's the part where we actually get to commune with God where you where he comes into your life and you actually have him speaking your new name or some of the things that we do there's such a delight there like oh man it it, it is where it, it really takes place for me, and it's a big part of, of what I would consider to be a Christian man is to get to that place where you are literally delighting in the fear of the Lord, which has to do with my dad is big and bad, and I don't know, <laughs> essentially, I can rest right there. And, and it takes, taking that transition, it's hard to really find that delight in God without submitting. Yeah, you know, I don't know that that's even truly possible. It's not. And so, Dennis, we we, we, we had a clip that we were going to use that kind of starts with that submission, but it ends up leading to delight later in the movie. So, you tell us a little bit about this clip. Yeah, this is from the movie uh, The Legend of Bagger Vance, and a lot of folks have seen that movie. We we've used clips from it before, but it's when the the golfer. And I, why is the golfer's name Juna? Juna. The golfer has he's come back. He's got involved in this tournament. Uh, he was a veteran. For, he had gone to World War One. He was a golf star in the area where he was in in Georgia. He had a terrible experience while he was at war and came back, and the rest of his life just fell apart. His relationship with the woman that he had and his golf game was falling apart. So in the scene, he had hit the ball out in the woods, and we get a glimpse of uh, where he is in his life, his feelings that he's not going to be able to come back from where he's been, that his past is going to affect the rest of his life. Bagger Vance is the character that Will Smith played that to me is the Holy Spirit. And listen to this dialogue here. You got a choice. You can stop or you can stop. Start. Walking. Where? Right back to where you always been and then stand there. Still, real still. And remember, it's too long ago. Oh no, sir, it was just a moment ago. Time for you to come on out the shadows, Juna. Time for you to choose. I can't. Yes, you can. But you ain't alone. I'm right here with you. I've been here all along. I played a game. Your game. The one that only you was meant to play. One that was given to you when you come into this world. Now, Dennis, what ends up happening? You had a choice. Oh, you still have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he did still have a choice, but he chooses to step up and hit the ball. And then, then what happens? He steps up and hits the ball and just hits a wonderful shot. If you're a golfer, you would have loved this shot that was right up on the green. 
a few feet from the cup, and he went on from there. And uh, his uh, his life went on. That, that that it really wasn't a movie about golf. That his life came back together with that with that place that he came to. And I get a little emotional when I hear that clip because it reminds me of where I was a couple of years ago. We were talking about that in last week's show when I headed into the rescue mission. And I was at that point where I was I was literally crying out to God and saying, I can't I can't come back. I can't come back from what's happened in my life. You know, I my life has fallen apart. I can't keep a job. I can't work in broadcasting anymore. I can't do any of these things. I can't stay involved in the ministry. And I don't know what to do, and I can't bring it back the same way as he was saying. And I went through this process of God lining me up over the ball again and hitting the ball. And I wanted to use that th- that clip because I think it moves from the submission to the delight, the delight that comes on the other side of that shot that he makes and what happens with his life when he gets back together with the woman, when he ultimately wins this tournament. It's just a great uh, movie in my opinion and the delight that I feel today that I can work in broadcasting again that I can go to school again and probably will be doing that again soon that I was sitting in my place the other night because I'm living out alone uh, I'm living on my own again after a couple of years and I felt such delight and peace in where I am in my life but I had to go through that process first and I had to step over the ball again and God reminded me of the gifts that he gave me just like he did with Juno and in that movie, there was one other little thing I didn't want to lose, was that there was a little boy watching all this, mm-hmm. yeah. and and that little boy fell in love with Bagger Vance, which was literally the Holy Spirit, and it stayed with him his entire life, and even through, if you watch the movie, his death, he was looking forward again to being in the presence of Bagger Vance, which was a picture of God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those movies I don't think got a lot of... Um, views at the box office but when you definitely look at it through the lens of watching god work in a man's life i don't think there's much better movie out there than that one and it's truly not about golf i don't like golf i'm not a golfer <laughs> other than caddyshack i like caddyshack you know this would be my this would be my favorite golf movie closely you know to and by the way boot camp plug i think i saw this movie for the first time at my first boot camp yeah it is i it's, did too it's such an awesome movie and so we move from that place of submission into God's, God's delight. You think of some of the people in, in Scripture. You know, Moses made some, a bad decision, and he had to go out in the desert you know, because of what he did. But God didn't just leave him there. You know, he lined him back up over the ball and brought him back in and, and had him do exactly what he designed, he to, designed him to do. And yet Moses kind of fought along the way at times, but it was a series of submissions that ultimately led to what God had in mind for him. And so you know, that happens to not just you, Dennis, not just me or the people here. It happens to people back in those times, and that's why they're recorded so we can look at that and go, wow, if God did that in their life, I know he's doing it in mine. Jim, now this, this topic of delighting in God. And now, have you ever seen somebody, even a pastor, that truly, truly just delights in God? Yeah, and it almost gets to the point of being annoying when you <laughs> say I'm that overjoyed. But what and the submission part, in fact the reason I was stuck on the word is all I could think of was surrender. Right. And when you look at God and you got him in the box and you have all these rules that you need to follow, there's no delight there. 
But when you recognize that the creator of the universe that doesn't need you at all was willing to die for you, lay down his life, loves you so much that he wants to see you in your game. And Dennis, when you said, I'm, I'm living alone now, but I have peace, that's because you're not living alone. You have a loving father that's taking care of you. And if you don't get to that place with God, then you don't know God. Yeah, and the, the enemy wants you to believe you're alone, but in a clip we listened to last week about forgiveness, it said, I'm right here with you. In Bagger Vance, I'm right here with you. And it's a good reminder that God is always with us. You know, we're never alone, and we're never doing things on our own. And that alone should be delight. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about delighting in God, maybe how David did that, and go register for a boot camp <laughs> coming up November 9th through 12th. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. Sam, this November boot camp could literally change a lot of men's life. I talk to a lot of men, they're saying... They say they don't know what their place is in the grand scheme of things. They don't know how to behave as Christian men. God designed us for freedom, and it's coming up at this boot camp. It is. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to register now. Just $169 early bird pricing for four amazing days. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Register now. Love is in the air. As <laughs> <laughs> no, Rich Mullins sings there, you know, we do need to surrender. And it moves into joy. It moves into this place of delight. And, and thinking about this topic of delight, we have a really good clip that shows delighting in the Lord or delighting in the King. Robbie, you want to set it up a little bit? Yeah, it's from the movie Camelot. And, um, you know, this... The, <laughs> Honestly, as one of the hosts of the Masculine Journey, it's, it was always a bit of a struggle that we're going to marry Jesus <laughs> in eternity. And so, you know, that picture is, is, is an interesting thing. And what, is, what does that exactly mean? Well, I came across this passage in Jeremiah uh, that talked about the Lord's going to do a new thing. The bride encircles the groom. And in doing so, there's a picture in a Jewish wedding, if you've ever attended one, where the bride will literally walk around the groom seven times with the concept being that she's bringing down the walls of the heart of the king. And as I began to ponder that and delight in that, I was like, what do I do to bring down the heart of Jesus? You know, what do I do to bring down the walls around the heart of Jesus? How can I be something that he delight? You know, it's just an amazing thing. And so as I heard this clip from the movie Camelot, but of course, you know, Sean Connery is an amazing art, you know, actor and and so you get to hear that voice but it's an interesting thing how do you love a king and do you love his crown or do you love the person and this is a great example of that we could almost be alone you have secrets to tell me no no secrets 
Just a question to ask. Do you want to marry me? My lord? You don't have to marry me because your father wanted it, or because your country needs it. Camelot will protect Leoness, whether you marry me or not. Thank you. You don't know what it means to me to hear you say that. So, you want to be released from the engagement? No. I want to marry you. Not your crown, or your army, or your golden city. Just you. Just me? Yes. If you love me. Do you remember this? Of course. You hurt it on the thornbush in the hunt. Hadn't thought it would leave such a scar. Just a scratch. And it bled like a war wound. I remember. You took my hand in yours and you wiped the blood away with the sleeve of your dress. The sleeve still carries the stain. I never thought until that moment how sweet it must be to be loved by one woman. And for the first time in my life, I wanted... What? Oh, what all wise men say doesn't last. What cannot be promised or made to linger any more than sunlight, but I don't want to die without having felt its warmth on my face. Marry the king, Guinevere, but love the man. I only know one way to love, my lord. And that is body and heart and soul. You know, uh, I think Sean Connery could read the ingredients on the, the, the back yeah. of a recipe or something. And I would find it interesting enough to listen to. But yep. what, what an amazing kind of love story there of how, you know, she wants to just love him for him. You know, and, and it's hard to think of God that way, but it, God gave us free will in order to know that when we come back to him, we truly love him. Not because we're forced to, not because of anything like that, but because out of our own volition, we choose him. You know, in the book, The Song of Songs, there's a similar picture where the Shulamite woman is being married by the king, and in the first chapter, she says, don't stare at me because I'm dark, and sh she feels so unworthy. Yeah. And it's such a picture of how can we possibly be worthy of Jesus how can we possibly do that but we talked about it this morning Sam that in that picture of the woman that Jesus said to her you know this is entire and she had a daughter that was um, demon possessed and Jesus said to her you know first I have to give the bread to the children I can't give it to the dog and that seems really like, how could Jesus say that? Her response was, 
the dogs get at least a crumb from the table. And in seeing that, you know, Sam, there's a picture there of this eye contact between Jesus and this woman where she realized that I'm dark and come, I'm not worthy of being here at the table with you. She was at Jesus's feet and he's trying to share with her that she's got an agreement mm-hmm. like in the butterfly circus and, and other things that we've talked about. The, it, go ahead, Dennis. I was just going to say there's something else I was thinking about when I was listening to that clip and maybe, maybe this would be interesting to do for our listeners when we put up the podcast on the website is to go back and listen to this clip and just imagine that that Sean Connery character is Jesus and that you're the other person and um, and, and listen to that dialogue again and the, and the true love being how that they're arriving at a place of true love and how I really think God wants us to have that type of relationship with him and how we can have so much delight in that it just really struck me when i was listening to it i immediately put him in the place of jesus and myself in the place of the woman take away the female voice and the male female stuff and i thought what a what a great picture of what a love relationship with christ would look like absolutely and and that's what you know god's calling us to and, and a lot of that is through that submission that leads to delight and and if you carry that a step further if you know the rest of that story she betrays him, and yet his love for her is still there. And that's us. I mean, we're never going to live up to the love we've been shown. But God delights in us. And if we can't delight in that, man, we're more miserable than pagans. Okay, now the pressure's on. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about a time you can truly say, you know what, I, I truly delighted in God. And maybe it's today. Or maybe it's every day. I know for me it kind of ebbs and flows because my submission ebbs and flows. But but what's what's a time that you really delighted in God or God's presence? Well, a couple of weeks ago I got to um, preach a sermon on um, Father's Day, which is, you know, a neat thing. I mean, realizing that Father God and those kind of things. And um, as I began to prepare for that sermon, God just gives you these downloads. And, and Sam's spoken at boot camp. You guys all have. And, and you know, as you prepare to go to battle for the Lord, he gives you these amazing downloads of information. And I was preparing the seven anointings of a good, good father from the 23rd Psalm. And I began to look at how David got that delight and, and look at his at the end of that psalm, you talk about delight where, you know, he's preparing a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy. Will, you know, that whole thing is David is just erupting in delight because that's the anointing that he's getting there is the delight and the fear of the Lord. And as I was just watching it and, and, and seeing what it was I got to preach on, I was just like, Lord, really? I get to do this? I felt like I had muddy shoes. Um, in order to be able to do that. But it was just absolutely something I'll never, ever forget. And, and obviously David's life ebbed and flowed a little bit <laughs> along the way, right? <laughs> you think? You know, and he's a man after God's own heart. But David was also the one that went and danced in the streets in what is underwear, basically. <laughs> right? And so, Jim, I know that they've talked to you about doing that <laughs> a couple times. But Nobody wants to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, what about a time you delighted? in the Lord. What comes to me is our, Carolyn and I going to Alaska. And it was a time, 
and maybe even the first time we absolutely were together knowing we were in the middle of God's will. And it ended up beautiful, but it was very challenging. In fact, my wife went through a, a season there uh, with seasonal affective disorder, which she might kill me for sharing, but she was miserable, and we spent a lot of time just reading the Psalms together, which calmed her heart. It was sort of like David singing. But that period of time drew us closer together and closer to God than we'd ever been. And as hard as it was at times, it was wonderful. It was a time of delighting in him. Dennis, what about you? What's the time that you've provided in God? Last October 29th, the day that my daughter married my son-in-law, David. It was a beautiful fall afternoon uh, over in Kernersville. Just, this was a relationship that God had, had orchestrated for these two people. It was ordained by God. He was in the midst of everything that happened that day and the beauty of the day and the beauty of my daughter and the beauty of the relationship. There wasn't a dry eye at that wedding, but th- th- none of those tears were of sadness. They were all of delight and happiness for these two people. And I think about it, and, I, and my heart starts beating fast because it wasn't just that w- it was my daughter. We knew, and there were so many people that came up and they said, God was so present in this ceremony today, in this wedding, in this union of these two people. And it was just a beautiful time. You know, I was going to uh, thank you, Dennis. I was going to share you know about my first boot camp but as you're talking something else came to mind and it was something i didn't initially see as delight in the lord but uh, i went to florida for my mom's 70th birthday and so we all just me and my siblings you know surprised her with it a a party and and we all got up and were talking a little bit sharing some stories and you know looking at the delight in my mom and knowing that she was such a godly woman and how she loved us unconditionally was truly just a reflection of that love of our Father that I got to see through her. You know, and just I wouldn't have called it that, but looking back now, especially with her gone, I can see that that was really just a time of God saying, wow, she loves you, but I love you so much more. Mm. And that just amazes me. And and so when we want to delight in God, it does begin with submission. It begins to giving into His will, knowing that His heart is good towards you, knowing that He wants things for you that are greater than even you can imagine and i just ask you how well does it work out when you do your will and i'm <laughs> thinking it probably does it but god will never god will never <laughs> fail you go to masculinejourneyradio.org to register for the boot camp november 9th through 12th do it now <laughs>